Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And welcome back to On Culture. My name is Mike Sherman. On Culture is the podcast of the Embassy uh, Substack newsletter, theembassy.substack.com. And I am joined uh, one more time uh, today with, by Chris Vance. Uh, Chris is the pastor of New City Church. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And we're going to talk about um, the miraculous or the and or slash the paranormal slash the um, the non completely material uh, realities that may or may not exist uh, in our culture and what we do with them. So um, uh, let's get started on uh, you've probably been like you've heard of. Did you ever watch the X-Files? Probably too early for you, right? Uh, when I was really young, yeah, I, I have like distinct memories of being at uh, my stepmom's house and uh-huh. watching the X-Files with like Domino's pizza as a child. All right. So what was your, <laughs> yeah. what was your, uh, what was your feeling about that? I mean, was it, how did that seem to you? Is it just a show you didn't really understand it or was it sort of creepy and maybe scary or yeah. whatever? Yeah, I think as a kid, it was pretty spooky. I I think as a kid, I was pretty sensitive to all things um, paranormal, paranormal, ghosts, aliens. Um, I was never really drawn to love like scary movies as a kid. Um, And, you know, I don't know if that's part of that growing up in a family system that for a while there was, um, you know, wary of dark things or dark supernatural things. Uh, you know, I don't know how much that like imprinted yeah. on me, but um, yeah, I, I definitely found a lot of that stuff to be pretty spooky. I, I didn't really want to mess with it as, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can relate to that. I think so there, you know, there's kind of two maybe general yeah, uh, over responses. Maybe one is to be, is to think just, just to miss, dismiss it entirely there's nothing, that's nothing, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything, that's not real. Uh, on the one hand, is sort of a weird, unhealthy fascination or attraction or whatever to it, right? Because you kind of get mm-hmm. you kind of get both, right? We just have a weird cultural relationship to anything that's not like normal. I don't know what the, you know, non-supernatural, uh, non, you know, whatever's non-earthly or non-in our experience Right, we don't really know what to do with it, and it seems like part of that plays out in the culture in weird ways. Like this ghost hunter. I don't have you ever seen the ghost hunter franchise? Any of those shows? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. I haven't watched it a ton, but I'm familiar with the premise, and I've seen clips here and there. Yeah, I've that's all I've seen, but I've seen a few clips, and they're all basically the same. Where they're hunting, it's dark. They're looking for ghosts with their ghost detecting whatever, you know, I don't know. And then mm-hmm. there's some noise or whatever and cut to commercial, come back and it's like nothing. And, you know, it's like that yeah. over and over mm-hmm. again. But obviously yeah. there's a fascination <laughs> with that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so people, um, 
people want to believe in something though you know the x-files the the truth is out there is there was there was the phrase of the show kind of like there's bigger truth out there mm-hmm. and um i think that that there is somewhat attractive to people to most people that there's something more out there do you agree yeah, I think absolutely. I think for the vast majority of people, whether they're willing to admit it openly or not, there is a desire for something more to be true than just um, a very small story of, you know, humanity existing on a planet through chance or whatever. And that's pretty much it. You know, it, you, you end up in a pretty cynical place of deeper meaning at that point. And so I do think um, whether these are just like late night thoughts that make you queasy or it's something that kind of goes unspoken. I do, I do think the vast majority of people want there to be a bigger story than just our species on a planet. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Because even people who scientifically believe that is the reality, there's some desire still for so there's to be something more uh i i was watching one of these it was you know secularist um materialist sort of uh scientific people and he was basically getting asked this question and you know that in in the future maybe the distant future you know the sun burns out and you know the planets and galaxies keep moving farther away from each other and the sky turns darker and then we're gone and there's nobody even to remember us and you know, yeah. just the bleak the bleakness of the bleakness of the bleak like it's like we never were here mm-hmm. we were some cosmic mm-hmm. uh biological accident uh mm-hmm. and he's like well no you know we'll get we'll, we'll develop technology to go to some other planet you know and we'll you know develop technology to allow us to you know live uh, you know adapt our bodies and it, and he's all, you know, he's saying this, but just sound like that almost sounds as just as bleak as just disappearing and being just to remain surviving. We're mm-hmm. going to adapt our bodies and, you know, maybe become these, you know, sort of pitiless, uh, you know, utilitarian creatures just so that we stay alive. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if that even sounds better. And so if there's nothing out there, it seems bleak. And I do think that we're drawn to it for lots of different reasons because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So have you, have you followed like yeah. the UFO now, not called UFO, UAP or um, mm-hmm. any of that sort of thing? Thoughts on that? Have, has anybody yeah. ever asked you if you think there could be life on other planets? And is that consistent with mm-hmm. the biblical story? Um, yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny that you asked that because just last week I had actually a really good conversation um, with someone about, you know, what are the theological implications of life mm-hmm. on other mm-hmm. planets and galaxies and stuff like that. And, um, you know, part of me just wants to admit right off the bat to a lot of, um, you know, unknowing because yeah. there's... I, you know, as a, as a Christian, I accept there is more than 0% mystery, more than 0% supernatural phenomenon like miracles. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
things to be in that realm, even though maybe as a kid, they were really spooky to me. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the foundation of my <laughs> worldview rests on a dude raising from the dead, which yeah. is yeah. pretty crazy, right? If, if you're right. only right. holding to a natural order. Right. So, right. um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think, um, yeah, I think CS Lewis wrote a little bit, you know, he wrote the space trilogy, uh, books and, you know, basically he's like, if God wanted to make life on other pla planets, that's up to him. And yeah. he doesn't have to, doesn't have to tell me about it. Like it doesn't affect my response to his biblical story. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so that's different from, you know, we can't be the only cosmic accident. I think a lot of people want to believe there's life out there because they believe there's, you know, that we were just some sort of natural process that happened and had to happen other places. Now, of course, if mm -hmm. we were a special, if we were a special creation, whether it happened in other places or not is totally up to the creator. Um, and so that's mm -hmm. kind of my view of it. I, you know, I can't, I can't rule it out one way or the other. If aliens were found to be in existence, it wouldn't really change anything I believed theologically. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it would be surprising to find that out, I think, but um, given the, the distances and the technical challenges of all of that, um, uh, it would be, it, you know, it seems most likely that if that is true, that we would never know it. But, um, but again, it's that sort of not wanting to live in an empty, cold, you know, being the only living things in this entire universe that's just completely vast. It seems all tied in together in that same sort mm -hmm. of vein of kind of want to believe there's something out there. Um, so, yeah, you if, might, you yeah might, if you do have the, oh, it's just saying if you do have the view of the cosmic accident, you almost need there to be other cosmic accidents out there, even if right. they're not similar to us like you need something out there right. um because the odds would tell you even right. at long shot odds that they are right right yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that that uh yeah if we're the only living things it does actually maybe look a little more toward like we were created rather than you know just spring up um you mentioned uh you know you're our basic belief rests on a guy rising from the dead. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have this sort of interesting in our scientific age to be a Christian in our scientific age, sort of an interesting relationship to the supernatural. I mean, there's, you know, like I mentioned the touch by an angel franchise, which I, you know, it's a little silly, you know, sort of heartwarming, but it's not anything realistic. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but, you know, we believe that the miraculous is real because we believe, you know, God created us, you know, we believe, um, you know, he raised other people from the dead. He, he walked on water, he healed people, he rose from the dead himself. Uh, all of these things, if we believe the biblical story as written, it's obviously has lots of miracles in it, you know, parting the Red Sea, you know, on and on and on. And so um, I kind of feel like sometimes we just put that in a category of, yeah, stuff that's true. Uh, but even in those miracles, there's some of them that sort of oddly make us, I think, a little bit squeamish or 
embarrassed or whatever, like Jonah in the belly of the whale. Okay. You know, you're, it seems like I've heard Christians more, well, maybe that, that, maybe that was more metaphor. Maybe that was more whatever, um, you know, Balaam and the talking donkey. It, those seem like, okay, that's a miracle. So what, like, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point of doing it that way? It's not only mm -hmm. a miracle, but it's sort of a mystery of God's acting. And those aren't the miracles we talk about when we talk about believing in the miraculous. Um, do you, mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Is that, do you, does that ring true to you? And what do you think that's going on there? Well, in part, I think maybe it's not a hundred percent unique, but I think it is much more of a wrestling in the West um, where, mm -hmm right? Scientific observation does have a lot of merit, even within Christian circles. And so I do think there's a hyper skepticism of modern day miracles and supernatural phenomenon that I don't think you have with our brothers and sisters in Christ in other parts of the world. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's things like the stigmata or other things that seem to be reported within the Catholic church that, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh man, should I be a Protestant at this point? You know, if this if this thing is true, because this seems pretty miraculous. Um, yeah. But I do think we have uh, maybe embarrassment is too strong a word, but yeah, the resurrection is okay. But it, when it comes to Balaam or the whale or maybe you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I, I don't know. The, these other right. things seem. Right. Yeah. more fantasy to some people, but um, yeah, I mean, raising from the dead is pretty impressive, I would argue. So I, I yeah. do think sometimes we let an unhealthy skepticism yeah. of the supernatural actually happening seep in if we can't measure it or observe it or reason it. Yep. Yeah. And especially if we're you know, if you were going to explain your belief in the miraculous to somebody who, who wasn't a believer, didn't didn't believe in the miraculous, um, it, those seem a little bit more like you wouldn't use those probably as your, um, oh. you know, you wouldn't use because <laughs> it, you know, they just seem it seems like a weird, it seems weird, it seems weird that a donkey, mm -hmm. uh, you know, said, "Hey, <laughs> why are you hitting me?" You know it. Um, it, you know, why did God do, you can understand in some, the other ones seem much more understandable. The miracles of Jesus mm -hmm. seem much more of a demonstration of his divinity and a demonstration of the kingdom in some way, you know, healing yeah. and acceptance and forgiveness and, um, and power. Uh, but those, some of those seem a little stranger. And so, uh, you know, you, there is a sense of uh, maybe ambivalence it rather, but it doesn't make any sense though, really theologically, if God can do the miraculous, he can do the miraculous and it's up to him, not me. Uh, I don't know why he chose to have the donkey speak, um, but mm -hmm. he did. And um, that's, you know, it, 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 there's no theological reason for me to reject that. There's just sort of a general Western that seems unlikely, or I don't understand how that could happen. We even say to ourselves, like, wouldn't the gastric juices have, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't Jonah have been digested or whatever. It's like, well, the whole point is, mm -hmm. is there's no natural explanation for it. That is the yeah. whole point. Uh, and yet we're, you know, I do think we're, 
um, on one on the one hand, because we just grew up and enmeshed in this sort of scientific assumptions about the world um, that we explain the world scientifically. Um, it, I, I think that's that is part of our queasiness, but I don't think it's all of it. I think it's definitely part of it. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't think we want to be duped. Like that's a legitimate fear. It's like, what if I'm duped by someone in modernity, you know, modern times or right. ancient times claiming this thing and I believe yeah. it if I believe it right. and other people think it's unreasonable. Am I then gullible? I don't want to be seen as gullible, but um, I, I think some of that, our, isn't it? I mean, there's our a insecurities lot are baked into yeah. it. Yeah. Right. I don't mm-hmm. want to look like an idiot. I don't want to look like a, a fool. I don't want to look like a rube. Uh, I don't want you to yeah. think of me that way. All of that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So then there's this article in the New York Times. It's in the piece um, about the nun who, you know, Sister Wilhelmina, I think, who is, looks perhaps, I mean, she's been in the ground for years and didn't really decompose. It's a, It's a thing in... Uh, Catholic history uh, about some are um, incorruptible. Uh, you know, the term the Catholic Church uses to describe people whose bodies or parts of their bodies did not decompose after death. Uh, believers in the phenomenon say there have been more than 100 examples worldwide, mostly in Europe. Uh, and this is the first in America, if that's true. And so hmm. this is, seems like another one of those like what's up with that like like what right like what is that about uh if if god is preserving her body why and 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 the fact that you know they're catholic and we're not it's like some of those other ones you described it's like hmm you know am i more skeptical because would I be less skeptical if they were a Protestant or something? You know, we just, it doesn't, it's just <laughs> yeah. weird, like, like sort of nonsense thoughts, but we still, we still have them. Like, what, how do you process that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if, um, you know, miracles in a way, not exclusively, but miracles in a way are revelatory of, you know, God's divine purpose and being to his creatures, right? And so I, I think that part of the heart of any and every miracle is that the people of God or those who are far from God are being revealed something about God or him, himself. And so in this case, um, if this tr- is true, then there's some kind of, okay, God is doing something to inspire, increase faith to reveal himself to whoever's observing this thing, right? Um, You know, the cynical, scientific, purely scientific observer probably goes down the path of, well, maybe there's something extremely odd in the soil composition or there's some trapped gases in the soil that are preserving her body in a weird way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which there has to be some natural seem, explanation. Right. Which seems like you're you're at that point you're taking as far of leap, if not a further leap, than 
claiming that it's miraculous, it feels like. Um, so yeah, I mean, if it is indeed true, there's some kind of purpose behind it. Like God is doing something so that others can observe and either be encouraged or grow in their faith or maybe for the first time come face to face with supernatural reality. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know. I mean, there's mystery in that, but something's being done there. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's mm -hmm. true about, you know, natural explanations of things that are called miraculous. Sometimes they make no sense at all. But if you've ruled out miracles from the beginning and that's not even on the table, then that can't be an explanation. So I have to find another, however unlikely. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think we're, yeah, we're prone to do that in some cases and in cases like this that we don't really understand. Um, you know, what is God saying by this? We don't really know. Um, we're, I mean, diff people are making pil pilgrimages. What, what's, what's happening with that? You know, how are they being, uh, how is their worship being deepened? How is their faith being strengthened? All of these things impossible for us to say. Um, and anything sort of anything out of the idea of how this is how people worship. This is how people grow spiritually. This is outside of that. And so I don't know what to think of it, but it could be, of course, something God's using for those things or other things that I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. but I can't rule it out. I can't say, I don't think that's a miracle because dot, 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 because I, you know, if God wants to do yeah. it, he certainly can do it and not explain it to me. Just like life on other planets, if that's what he wants to do, obviously he could do it and yeah. not even tell me, right? Yeah. And I do think there is, um, I think it's acceptable to have a variance in your skepticism, right? Um, I mean, I, I remember another story out of Missouri just a year or two ago of a woman who miraculously grew back her toes. And so people in the community were saying just like, Hey, take a picture of the regrown toes and like show us and we'll believe. And there was kind of a refusal to do that where obviously with a dead body in this nun's case, it's a lot more sensitive. Right. And so, yeah, you know, in that other case, I feel like I had a, maybe a little higher level of skepticism because it's just like, okay, how hard is it to take a picture of a toe? and right. show us that this miraculous right. thing happened. Like right. if miracles yeah. are supposed to build us up in some way, show us. <laughs> yeah. um, but to your point, yeah, I, I think if you, if you're a Christian to even act in a way or think in a way in which you're a hundred percent ruling it out, um, I think you've got to wrestle with that. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And so I think, Part of our ambivalence, I think, I, you know, I, I, uh, I get at the end of the piece where um, it's almost like it's safer psychologically to feel like miracles don't happen anymore. Um, that way I won't be disappointed by praying for a miracle and, mm -hmm. and, and God not doing it. So, you know, praying for healing or, you know, uh, praying for some, you know, radical turnaround in somebody's life, even though there's no reason to believe that's likely to happen, or, you know, the medical experts say, you know, this is what's going to happen, or so on. 
I think that's part of our ambivalence is I'm not going to be disappointed by praying for something and then have it not happen. Cause that's seems like that's harder. It's mm-hmm. easier to believe, well, it couldn't happen. I'll pray for it, but it can't really happen. And, you know, I'm kind of guarding myself against mm-hmm. disappointment. Right. Oh, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're hedging your bet or you're trying not to hype something up. You know, we do this with other things too. You don't want to hype something up to the point of your lived reality of it, not ever being able to come close to what you're imagining. Right. And so I do think we hedge our bets and we say, okay, I'll pray for a reasonable amount of God's movement so that I don't seem unreasonable and asking for too much. And then I'm like mm-hmm. crushed when it doesn't happen. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've prayed for miracles. I've prayed for people to come out of comas when the doctors are saying there's less than a 1% chance that that's going to happen. And mm-hmm. you know, all of these yeah. things and you know, there's, can you pray to the point of being disappointed when it doesn't happen, knowing that God could do it? Yeah. Yeah. And is that okay? I, I think that's the, you know, you get people who sort of, I mean, they, they blindly, like they can, they, they believe they can manifest it. Like if you just pray with enough faith, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you're sort of making God make it happen mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, you're speaking it and in, in, in believing it. And so therefore sort of the word faith, um, you know, movement. So there's sort of one where God is sort of the genie. And if I do it right, if I do the incantation, and you know do it all correctly and my heart's in the right place it's going to happen mm-hmm. and then therefore i've got something to explain if it didn't happen uh that has to do with me maybe mm-hmm. uh, or i just sort of avoid all of that and do what you say that uh and i think people who aren't in that this, the word faith theological tradition are more towards hedging our bets praying for reasonable mm-hmm. outcomes mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle that we can be, we can pray for a miracle and be disappointed that it didn't happen and leave that in God's hands, believing he could do it, but it's a miracle. So it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, so, you know, the, uh, the miraculous is possible. We still live in a fallen world and we're all still going to die unless God does some miracle, which he, look around, very rarely does. Even this sister, mm-hmm. Wilhelmina, has died. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, what do you think about that as sort of trying to find the middle ground? Uh, what's a healthy relationship towards the miraculous in our actual lives? Yeah. I think we should pray with expectation um, but also be theologically rooted in enough to know that if you know if we're defining miracle as something that truly upsets the natural order you know if, if it truly runs contrary to whatever natural laws there are like it, it is purely supernatural then yeah you're not just going to go around manifesting miracles in your life three times an hour every day, you know? Um, But, but I, I do think there's an, I do think there's an expectation to be had that I think 
people maybe in our theological camp or tribe or however you would describe a non, you know, word of faith position is, I, I do think our error is guarded. Um, yeah. yeah. Which there's a deep sadness in that. And then my question is, if a miracle does happen, do we have the faith to name it? Because, you know, sometimes miracles will happen and then people will run to try to find a hundred answers for why that was actually the correct medical or biological response or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we don't have an explanation for this. Like just mm-hmm. own, own that it can be a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like there's something, um, you know, it, usually I think often if we're praying for a miracle we're praying for somebody else. And so I think mm-hmm. partly we forget that God's at work in us in that, that, you know, he wants us to have an expectation that this could happen, that God can do anything. He could do this on the one hand. On the other hand, I'm submitting to his will as, as good and perfect, even if it's disappointing. Um, you know, it, it doesn't fit exactly because then Jesus comes and raises Lazarus, but the whole, you know, Jesus lets Lazarus die um, Mm -hmm. for his then greater purpose. Lazarus is raised, but then obviously he dies later. Um, And we don't know what the purpose is. You know, Lazarus's sisters had no, uh, you know, no way of knowing why that would happen. Uh, it's no fault of theirs because they couldn't possibly know. But that's the, that's the situation I think we are in, that we just have to, right? We have to live with an open-handed, I leave this in your hand and I have to trust you with whatever outcome, even if it seems bad to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we will... You know, it's it's not a guarantee. It's not a money-back guarantee. It's not a genie in the bottle. But I do think, Lord willing, if we live long enough, I actually do think most of us will experience a miracle. I think the a big question in that is, you know, do you know it when you see it? Can you own it when you see it? Can you mm-hmm. accept that something supernatural happened there? Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. almost just as hard as praying for it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, but I think for all the reasons we mentioned, because if you come to believe existentially, you experience the miraculous, then there's some sense of, well, I mean, there's other times this didn't happen. And so, uh, you know, we just can have a very simplistic view of God as if God loves me, he'll do this. Uh, mm-hmm. so he didn't do this. So either I'm wrong about that, uh, or he doesn't love me. And, you know, I think he has other purposes in mind of, you know, li- I think that whole thing with the miraculous, praying for the miraculous with expectation and yet leaving it in his hands is sort of, um, isn't that prayer, all prayer sort of writ large, is that what is prayer? Or are we asking when we ask God for something in prayer? Are we asking for Him to intervene in some way? And mm-hmm. 
do we really believe do we really believe that's possible and i think it's sort of i i, I do think most people struggle with that question is what is prayer God's not a genie in the bottle. I am asking for some divine intervention in some way, whether I would call it a miracle yeah. or not. Like, what's the difference? You know, if yeah. God answers my prayer, I mean, what, right? Is that, what's the difference between answered prayer and the miraculous? And typically we, we think of the miraculous as something that's more obvious. But to your point, mm -hmm. I mean, God's working in our life all the time. And can we name it? And, you know, what do we do with that? Um, I think it's, yeah. I think that's difficult. I think we struggle with that. Yeah. I think at a bare minimum, you could argue that when someone becomes a follower of Jesus and there's a regeneration of the heart and the Holy spirit indwells in us, however, that mysteriously works. I, I mean, I think at, at a minimum, all right, there's one miracle right there. Mm -hmm. So, right. so you're all, you've already experientially tasted one miracle right off the bat if you right. are in that position. Mm -hmm. hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that helps to get people over the hump yeah. a little bit, but yeah, I think partly, you know, we're, we're running out of time, but, um, but it's so it's such an interesting topic because I think a lot of the times we Western people tend to we can reduce faith functional even if we wouldn't say we this or really believe it uh into a set of beliefs that i hold to and that's what being a christian is you know we know it's more than that we know it's the presence of god in our life the holy spirit working in our life bearing his fruit all of which is you know by definition miraculous there's no natural explanation for it and we can't make it happen you know there's this prayer and dependence and all of this stuff that is more than simple you know, I, I believe the right things. Um, and that's, that's the sum of my faith. And I do think there's a, there's a sense in which we, um, we can struggle with the experience of faith because it's sort of, we put it in a box, uh, the box that's safe to us, I think. Um, and the truth is we live in a world where God intervenes. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that's good news. Um, but I don't, I think sometimes it makes us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And part of that discomfort is if, if in fact we do exist in a supernatural space, even though our experience, we might primarily say it's not, you know, insanely miraculous or supernatural every day. Right. Um, then you then have to wrestle with, okay, there's, um, evil and good supernatural forces at play in our world. And, and that's a massive shift away from a, us winning the cosmic lottery worldview. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good stuff. We can keep going, but we're, <laughs> we're at 35 yeah. minutes now, so we probably have to land this plane. Um, uh, well, uh, thanks for the discussion, Chris. Thanks for, for joining me. Um, uh, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, I will gladly talk um, Ghost Hunters and X-Files and UFOs uh, <laughs> yeah. any day of the week. Because I think people are asking these questions whether they talk about them regularly or not. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've been asked 
you know, what do you think about ghosts? What do you think about UFOs and aliens and, mm-hmm. and all of that um, stuff? So, um, yeah, we can't answer all those questions now, but maybe another podcast. So, uh, okay, we're going to land it there. Uh, thanks for joining us on Unculture. Um, you can find Unculture wherever you find podcasts and uh, check out the embassy at theembassy.substack.com. Until next time, grace and peace. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.